When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are giving you number 22 when it comes to the top 25 most interesting fantasy basketball players. And it is the big man who has found himself in Utah, John Collins. Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today we are coming to you talking about number 22 in the Ball Boys Top 25 most interesting, most fascinating, and potentially the most influential basketball or fantasy basketball players this season. And at number 22, I've got the big man, John Collins, who has moved from Atlanta to the Utah Jazz this season, who is a very interesting case, I think, this season. Uh, maybe flying a little bit under the radar uh, in a lot of fantasy basketball drafts because obviously he was fairly underwhelming last season and he also provides a, a somewhat boring fantasy uh, stat set in the fact that he's not super high in assists, steals, blocks, threes. He's just kind of one of those steady, good rebounds, points, field goal percentage, solid free throws across the board kind of guys. So it is interesting to see him fall uh, far down. And um, yeah, we're going to talk about him in a lot of detail today, guys, going deep diving into what I think he should be doing this season and where I think he should be going in drafts and what potential value could he bring us back this season. So... We're going to go ahead and do that one. Before we start, guys, if you are watching along, please give this video a big thumbs up if you are enjoying all the fantasy basketball content. There's going to be so much content coming out in these next three weeks leading up to the start of the season. And a reminder, guys, if you haven't already, go over to ballboysmba.com and grab yourself a season guide. You can get either a silver or platinum membership over there, guys. And by now, hopefully unless I've really slacked off this afternoon, you guys should be able to see my Dynasty rankings over there if you are a Platinum membership uh, member as well, subscriber as well. So go and check those ones out if you haven't already. Very interested to see your thoughts there, guys. Uh, Feel free to email me or 
DM me or, or tweet at me um, your thoughts and uh, anything that you maybe agree or disagree with or just find interesting. Always happy to talk fantasy hoops. But let's talk Johnny. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Collins. Now, John Collins is a very interesting player because he is still right in the middle of, if not just entering the prime of his career. And for a player who is... um, someone who we consider who has been falling the last couple of seasons, kind of similar to like DeAndre Ayton. He peaked in his fantasy value very early in his career. In 2019-20, he was actually a top 10 fantasy player for the season. Now, he did that on limited games in 41 games on that season after having an injury earlier on in the year, but coming back and playing extremely well. That was in his third NBA season. He's had three top 50 uh, fantasy basketball seasons, um, two of them of which in the last three seasons. And his last season, he was ranked 103rd for nine category rankings. He's 25.5 years old. In minus one rankings, he was 123rd player last year. And in Yahoo points, he was 125th year. So by all accounts, last season for John Collins was the worst of his career when it came to fantasy um, projections and fantasy scoring. Um, and the only one since his rookie season that he was outside the top 50 for nine category rankings. Now, I do think it is important to note that he is probably a better player in a nine-category ranking setting because he is a guy that has low turnovers and he is pretty consistent across the board. His minus one ranking isn't quite as high as his nine-cut ranking, I think, for the boost of the turnovers and also the fact that he's not completely, um, you know, his, his rankings isn't held back by one particular hugely low uh, value stat, like a free throw percentage or a field goal percentage or anything like that. But he is still someone that I think is getting a little bit undervalued based on just what he did last season. And when we look further back, he is someone that, um, you know, you don't have to look two years ago and he was a top 50 player. And when he is, as we look at these ADPs, going very, very close to the 100th pick on Yahoo, his ADP is 104. Fantrax, his ADP is 99.6. And ESPN, the good old ESPN is they're drafting him a little bit earlier at 84.4. So, for most of us, we're able to get him in the 90s, sometimes in the 100s, um, and a player who has been a top 50 guy for um, four out of his six seasons in the NBA and still as a young player, um, I think that there's a little bit of value to that. So let's have a deep dive into what happened with John Collins last year. So if we look at the 2022-2023 averages, they're pretty underwhelming. Uh, obviously, 105th ranked player or whatever it was last season, 13 points, 1-3, 6.5 rebounds, 1.2 assists, 0.6 steals. He averaged a block per game, uh, nearly 51% from the field and 80% from the free throw line. He also had a career low 17% usage for the season. Um, So that is definitely something to note. What I've done on the screen here as well for people watching along on YouTube, you can see his previous two seasons. I've just combined the previous two years. Um, In those years, he was the 49th and the 46th ranked player. So very similar years in terms of his fantasy impact. 
For those two seasons combined, he averaged 16.9 points per game, 1.3 threes, 7.6 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 0.6 steals, 1 block, 54% from the field and 81% from the free throw line on a usage rate of 21%. So the main differences I think that we can really come away from these comparisons is that Obviously, the assists and steals are pretty much the same. That that hasn't changed. The blocks, he still averaged one block per game across the entire three seasons. Three years in a row, he's averaged one block per game. So we feel pretty confident about that. The free throw percentage, around the 80, 81% mark, very consistent. We're happy with that. The two main things here are the points, which, again, ties into the usage rate. So the average of 21% versus 17%. And the rebounds. So the rebounds last year were 6.5 rebounds per game versus 7.6 the two seasons prior. So he dropped a rebound per game compared to his previous couple of seasons. Um, and also a slight difference in his field goal percentage. So fifty, nearly 51% to 54%. So a little bit of a difference there. A lot of people will talk about his finger injury and things like that. That might have affected him a little bit in the last three months of the season. He was at 51.6%, so slightly better than the 50.8%, but not a huge difference, in my opinion. So we'll, we'll, it's yet to be seen in terms of that field goal percentage where he can bring that back up. We shall see. But the main difference, I think, here that saw his value drop was just the fact that he was just getting fewer shots per game. His usage rate was down. Um, and so I guess the biggest question that we have is going over to Utah, does that have an opportunity to go back up? Is it a better situation for him to get more shots in Utah than it was in Atlanta? So the next uh, screen here that we're going to look at over on YouTube is going to dissect that uh, question. So what I've done here, and this is by no means like the most scientific process, but I just thought it was a final exercise for my myself to do. So I've looked at the rest of the starting five in Atlanta for last year and the what I'm projecting to be the starting five or the other the rest of the starting five in Utah for this season and I've just gone based on last season what were their average field goal attempts for the year or across the season for certain players I've I've manipulated the stats a little bit here so when we get to Utah I've taken Walker Kessler's starting numbers I've also done the same thing for Colin Sexton when he was a starter I've taken his numbers there uh, but for the others, I've done the season because, again, I'm trying to give it a more realistic uh, look for assuming everyone's healthy. Um, and I think Utah Utah was a bit more straightforward. I've just kind of taken their season numbers. So the other thing I've also done here is the field goal attempts are the actual field goal attempts. And I've also taken into account free throw attempts. And for every two free throw attempts, I've equate, equated it to one field goal attempt. Again, not scientific, not the most accurate data, but it gives us a general idea in terms of how many shots are available on Atlanta versus how many shots are available on Utah with those starting groups. So I hope that makes sense. Again, I know it's not the most scientific and accurate way, but it's just a simplistic way for me to demonstrate it and display it on a single slide on a, on a YouTube video. So uh, in Atlanta, we've had twenty. Uh, the total amount of shots here, and you can look at it on the screen if you want to break down player by player, but the total amount of shots for Utah for the starting five or starting four next to Collins was 65.6 versus Utah, 61.1. So there's a difference of about four and a half field goal attempts per game there. Now, if I compare the field goal attempts combined from the previous two seasons for John Collins when he was a top 50 player, he averaged 12.05 field goal attempts versus last year, he averaged 10 field goal attempts. So... 
we actually only really need to find two extra field goal attempts per game for John Cullens, for him to literally rise another, you know, 40 to 50 spots. You combine that with his field goal percentage coming up and his rebounds coming up, and that is literally the difference. It's not much, in my opinion. So, as you can see on this field goal attempt comparison, there is those two field goal attempts per games available for John Collins to just step in and do his thing. It's actually, there's more field goal attempts available per game for him to do so. Now... So to me, there is plenty of room for that usage rate to come back up. Again, it was the lowest of his career and the lowest of his career by some margin. So last year, he was at 17%, but the year before that, he was at 20%, 21.8%, 23% the year before that, 23% the year before that as well. And then even in his rookie season, he was at 17.8% uh, usage rate. So I am very comfortable, very um, confident that his usage rate will get closer up toward more towards that 20-21% usage over in Utah because, um, you know, someone like a Larry Markinen is not going to post the usage rate of someone like a Trey Young. They're sort of like their, the comparison of those two being the top big dog guys. You know, your second guy in Jordan Clarkson versus DeJounte Murray. Again, still a little bit less room there. Um, Kessler and Clint Capella kind of wash each other out. And then Hunter versus a Colin Sexton. Again, pretty similar. So I actually think that there is more shots to go around in Utah. I think the talent level in Utah is obviously a little bit lower. And John Collins comes in as a guy who has a better offensive talent compared to some of the other players in Atlanta. So I feel very confident to say that his usage will come back up. And the good thing about John Collins, again, he's a guy who's 51, 52% from the field. The more shot attempts he gets, not only does that add points to his scoring, it also adds it, um, volume to his field goal percentage, which is a positive, um, which is something that will definitely help his value. He's probably going to maybe score an extra 0.1, 0.23s per game as well. If we tie that all back into, if you're a guy that believes in the broken finger issue and things like that, if that's feeling better by now, you could maybe say that that helps his field goal percentage. So I do really think that the field goal percentage, the points, and the threes can all return back up to a higher value this season. Um, so I do believe, compared to last year, where he was the 103rd ranked player, 9-cat, 125th player in minus 1, you can see, you. I, I think you can see a fairly sizable jump in rankings compared to those numbers. Um, so... When he's drafted at a spot very similar to what he put up last season, I think you've already got some inbuilt value there, even if all the other stuff remains the exact same, because I feel fairly confident that that's going to boost up this season. If we go on to the next category, so we're looking at rebounds, this is where it gets a little bit more difficult for me to be confident in this changing. So again, we're just combining all the rebounds for the starting or the the rest of the starting five, so the other four players on the court. For Utah, it was 23.5 rebounds per game. For uh, Sorry, for Atlanta, it was 23.5 rebounds per game. For Utah, it was 25 rebounds per game. Again, I'm using Kessler once he started for the team, so that definitely boosts those numbers up. Uh, and so sharing the court with Larry Markinen, who had 8.6, and Walker Kessler, who had 10.2, is actually probably going to be harder for John Collins to find extra rebounds compared to Atlanta, where it was really Clint Capella dominating the boards. DeJounte Murray stole a little bit here, but then you got Hunter and Trey, who weren't doing too much. Now, I will say that in Atlanta, you had 
Clint Capella as the starting five, but you also had Anyeka Okongu as the guy coming off the bench. And they dominated all 48 minutes at the center position in Atlanta when they were both healthy. Compared to Utah, you've got Walker Kessler. And then you've got someone like Kelly Olynyk probably coming off the bench. But, but does Olynyk get all of the minutes at the backup center compared to um, maybe does John Collins get some minutes playing more at center? I think there's a little bit more room that outside of the starting five that John Collins can pick up a few more rebounds in those situations depending on how many minutes he gets playing at center and depending how many minutes he plays next to Kessler versus how, he, how many minutes he plays next to someone like an Olenek or a Taylor Hendricks or one of those types of players. So whilst it's, it's actually a, a negative when it comes to the starting lineups, I actually do still think there's a little bit of room for the rebounds to come back up, but I'm by no means as confident in the rebounds bouncing back as I am in the usage and field goal attempts coming back. So compared to last year, he was at 6.5 rebounds. The previous two seasons, he was at 7.6 combined. Um, I think we're probably more hoping for him to get to seven. I don't know if he gets to seven and a half or eight rebounds. Um, I definitely don't think he's getting to 10 rebounds, which he did uh, in 18, 19, and 19, 20. I don't think that's happening. But I do think that there is enough scope to believe that he can get up to seven, but I'm not ready to project him to go back up to, you know, more than seven and a half or eight rebounds per game. So, I don't necessarily think he bounces all the way back up to the top 50 value that he was in the previous two seasons. But in my projections, when I add in those extra um, shots per game, which I believe he will get, it does boost him up to, if I just look at my projections here, and again, if you are on ballboysmba.com, you can go and check this one out again. It brings him up to be a top 70 player in nine category settings. He isn't quite as high in a minus one setting, so do take that into account if you are someone that likes to punt and, and things like that. You don't value the turnovers quite as high as well. So in that kind of a situation, he's probably probably more of a, uh, a top 90 guy, um, which again, probably fits more around where his draft position is, but still maybe like another 10 spots higher than his ADP. If you are someone that values that total nine cat balanced build, then I think John Collins is an extremely valuable player that is going at an extreme discount if that is what you want to choose to value. I personally don't. So I'm more targeting him around the 90 range. It's not much different. It's not much better than his ADP, but it is a little bit better than his ADP suggests so. And in some instances, he is going quite later into the the 110s sometimes because people are just kind of moving off him and going for someone who's a bit more upsidey by that point. So I do think that John Collins has an ability to bounce back this season. And again, this is just assuming that he just kind of regresses back to the mean. He is still someone that I could see if injury strike or something like that. He could take this even to another level. So I do think that even though I say top 70, top 90 and minus one, I, I think there is scope for that to be the low end and for him to exceed that by another 10 to 20 ranking points at the end of the season. So I do think that he's getting slept on a little bit. And I do think that the ADP is behind where I project him to be slightly. But I don't think we should be get, getting carried away because, again, in a minus one setting, he really fit, fits those punt assists and steals builds. If you are a team trying to look after both percentages, which can be difficult to do, he still he helps you in both those percentages um, and still is able to contribute a little bit of blocks and threes and rebounds and good scoring from a powerful center eligible player. So those are all nice things without really being truly elite in any one area. But 
Um, yeah, that will uh, that will about, about do us do it for us today for John Collins, who was number two. Let me know down in the comments, guys. Where are you targeting John Collins? Do you think he's someone that you're going to get in many of your drafts, or is he a bit boring for your fantasy team? I can definitely see that side of the the coin, but there is a place for John Collins to get drafted in a lot of spots because I do think. Again, we've seen him as a top 10 player before. I don't expect that to happen. But, again, it's, it, I wouldn't say it would be impossible for us to see that happen if he does really just take to this new situation, much like Larry Malkinen did last season. So, I do think he is being underrated. But, let's talk about number 21, who is coming up next season. So, uh, I'm loving you guys guessing in the comment section down below, guys. Go ahead and, and shoot your guess down, but I'm going to give you guys a hint. Number 21 is a guy that I have talked about on a previous podcast saying that he is a breakout candidate, but I think that people are getting too high on him and his ADP data is going too high. So, I've also put him on a bust video as well. That's a pretty easy clue. I reckon a lot of you will get that one. So this player has appeared on a breakout video and on a bust video so far this season, but we're going to discuss him in detail and figure out which is it. Is he a bust? Is he a breakout? Could he be both? But uh, we'll see you guys next time and tomorrow. Catch us then. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.